I'm Dina. Welcome to Ozarks Haints and Hooch. This ain't no fancy, academic, check your references kind of deal. We are two sisters from the Ozarks, sipping and spewing about haints, hooch, and history. Hey everybody, it's Dawn and Dina. Hi, welcome to Ozarks Haints and Hooch. Um, it's our second episode. I'm not going to lie to you. Okay, this is what Dina and I did. Are we telling them? <laughs> sure. So, we are only together. We're at Mom's and we're together. Like, usually we're in separate states, right? But we are actually together at Mom's kitchen table. Dina's getting ready to go on vacation. I'm getting ready to go back to South Carolina via Nashville. And so we're like, let's just do two episodes because who knows what's going to happen. <laughs> so we just sucked down the drink from last two weeks ago. Which the Dina really, drink. We just yeah. sucked down the Dina drink. And so I'm a little, uh, and now we've made a new one and I don't know what I'm doing, but <laughs> Dina got a new microphone. <laughs> I did. So I didn't say anything in the last one, you know, that was 15 days ago, but not really we just did it. It just like just five minutes. stopped it, made a drink, started this one. Oh, it took a picture of the drink, started this one. Yes. So anyway, Santa, to make up for the lawn mowing and leaf blowing, got me a podcast microphone and headset that I really appreciate. Yeah, anyway, it's really so fancy. That's what we used for the first episode. Mm-hmm. That's what we're using right now. So super excited about that. Yes, and we and we're like we're getting used to it so we may be a little bit loud and it may get a little tinny but that's because we don't know what we're doing and remember we had a whole nother drink freaking five minutes ago (laughs) this episode may be way more fun than the first episode yeah right (laughs) so uh we probably already said this but uh i am gonna be drinking the drink i'm gonna talk about which i really like and dina's like making gagging noises yeah, it's not my favorite um but i'm gonna do that and dina's got the big story tonight and i'll let her um talk about that but um before we do that uh, i need to mention that you can find us on social media on facebook and instagram and we have a website ozarks Haints in the letter in hooch.weebly.com. We have a Patreon. Um, typically, like we've said, we're in two different states, but we're here at a table. So the only thing that's going on is Dina's chair squeaks. Let's and see if I can make it do it. Oh, it's not going to do it's it. It's not going to do it. On cue. Oh, oh there. there it goes. Yeah. Yeah. The kids are in the basement directly below us. So when they get too crazy, it comes up through the vent. That might be a problem. It is a million billion degrees in this kitchen, so we've opened the window. So if people drive by, that could be a problem too. But anyway, it is what it is. It is, but we're happy to be together because that's really unusual. Yep. So, so subscribe. We're on every podcast platform that I know of. Mm-hmm. Um, give us stars or uh, whatever they have and subscribe because that really helps us. We release on the 1st and the 15th of each month, and uh, uh, I will say this, like, I had a little bit of time over the holidays, so Dina and I kind of read comments to each other, and people that had liked our page, and our new picture, and all of that stuff, and 
We really appreciate those comments. It lets us know that somebody's listening besides our mother (laughs) and us. That's right. We're not doing this just to entertain ourselves, which we do entertain ourselves. We are doing it. But we're glad that we're entertaining other people. We really appreciated the comments saying that you were happy that we were back at it. For sure. Um, So you can't take it away because i got to talk about the dream. It's your turn. Right, can I talk about the drink? No, because not till I talk about it, because I think it's really good. All right, go ahead. So, this is called the Weathered Axe, and uh, it has bourbon in it, you know, which is my favorite thing ever, oh. and Dina doesn't like it, but I just suffered through freaking Midori Melon. and <laughs> coconut and all the fruity Whatever. stuff. It so. tasted like summer. This tastes like cough medicine. No, it's bad. So... You do one and a half parts of bourbon, and they suggest that you use 100 proof. We did not. We used uh, Basil Hayden, actually. And then, this was the part that kind of threw us. You use a white wine aperitif, which I'd never heard of. It's a fortified wine, and the the most popular brand is called Lillet. So we found that, and it's really... it's so. It's Can I really say, yummy. we tried yummy. it yesterday at after dinner, and it is really good with a little club soda and an orange slice. Oh, over ice. Over it's not going to be a good summertime, whatever. It but, was much better than what we're drinking right now. No. But we also found <laughs> out um, that, I didn't know this, that vermouths only last so long. Like, I've had sweet and dry vermouth. In my liquor cabinet for years and they really only last like from two weeks to two months so you need to look that up but that's okay because i'll drink this but all right so half a part of of the white wine aperitif the lillet half a part of triple sec three quarters part of lemon juice and then half a part of ginger syrup and i will tell you i made my own ginger syrup i just peeled like a thumb-sized piece of fresh ginger and uh, let it steep as I was making sugar syrup, mm-hmm. and it's it's pretty gingery. So you put all of that in a shaker glass sh- with ice, shake and strain into an ice-filled short glass. You're supposed to garnish with a sprig of mint or rosemary, but it's dark, and there may be mint, but I couldn't find it, so there's no sprigs in there. But if you like bourbon, it's really good. I, I like it. So I, I don't. It would be better with a different kind of alcohol. I'm glad it, you're doing the story then so I can drink this. Yeah, well, let's hope. Because I did have to suck down that first one. So I hope I'm not hiccuping or anything through my story. But 15 days later. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I meant. I am going to tell the urban legend of the hook man. And I promise that I will tie in the Ozarks before I'm all said and done about it. Oh, you know what? I never said the weathered axe is because you're doing the Hatchet Man Bridge. Oh, there you go. Sorry. Go ahead. All right, thanks. I'm a drink. (laughs) (laughs) She's done talking now. Done talking. All right. Here we go. Oh, so I found the following in our friend Wikipedia. And don't come at me. It It gives you information, and it's sometimes accurate. We're not academics, remember. Um, The story is thought to date from at least the mid-1950s and gained significant attention when it was reprinted in the advice column Dear Abby in 1960. 
It has since become a morality archetype in popular culture and has been referenced in various horror films, which I'll talk about that. Well, I guess we can talk about the hook man. Like, I never thought it was a real thing. I, I know that when you hear the story being told in a movie, they're telling it like an urban legend. Um, they're telling it like, well, it was, uh, it was my friend's brother's cousin or something right, like that. Right. No, it was always a campfire story. It, right. it was never a real thing to me. I always knew it was a fake story. I will tell you, I heard it the first time at Girl Scout camp around a campfire. Okay. Did yeah. you believe it was a real thing or did you know it was a ghost story? Uh, who knows? Because I was like nine and, yeah. you know, so I don't know. So anyway, the basic premise involves a young couple cuddling in a car with the radio playing. Suddenly, a news bulletin reports that a serial killer has just escaped from a nearby institution. The killer has a hook. For varying reason, they decide to leave quickly. In the end, the killer's hook is either found hanging from the door handle or embedded into the door itself. Different variations include scraping sound on the car door, some versions start the same way, but have the couple spotting the killer, warning others, and then escaping narrowly with the killer holding on to the car's roof. I think I've heard it that way, where the they pulled away and the hook was on the door handle. Okay, now, the way I heard it was the hook man wasn't even there, but what you heard on the roof was, was the people's fingernails. Oh, yeah. They hung, he hung them from he the hung tree. He hung from the tree, yeah. and it was going... I don't know if we had the sound effects. No, but the sound effects are important. Okay. All right. I have to find my spot. Just a second. <laughs> this one's much longer than the last one, and I think it's because we had to pound down that first cocktail. <laughs> and my eyes are crossing because I, okay, where did I end at? Narrow escaping the, okay. In another w- version, the woman sees a shadowy figure watching the couple from nearby. The man leaves to confront the figure, who then suddenly disappears. Thinking that his date just imag- imagined it, the man returns to the car, only to see that the woman has been brutally murdered with a hook. Oh, okay. So, okay, here, I'll give you another alternate version. The couple drive through an unknown part of the country late at night and stop in the middle of the woods because either the man has to urinate or the car breaks down and the man leaves for help. Now, that's important, the man leaving for help to my story. While waiting for him to return, the woman turns on the radio and hears the report of an escaped mental patient. She is then disturbed many times by a thumping on the roof of the car. She eventually exits and sees the escaped patient sitting on the roof, banging the man's severed head on it. I've never heard that part. Me neither. Okay, I just heard the part where he's hanging from the, yeah. Yeah. Another variation has the woman seeing the man's butchered body suspended upside down from a tree with his fingernails scraping against the roof. There you go. In another version of this variation, he's hanging right side up and either his blood is dripping on the roof or his feet are scraping against the roof. Uh. So this whole version thing, honestly, if you've ever watched Urban Legends, they talk about this. They talk about all the different kind of virgins and it... Virgins. Virgins. <laughs> Drink three. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. well, it is the urgent urban legend. Oh my gosh. <laughs> anyway, it might be virgins in that movie. Anyway, the different versions and the sound, because I can remember them talking about the drip, drip, drip on the roof. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, or his feet are scraping against the roof. So sometimes the man does return to the car, but his date has been brutally murdered with a hook embedded in her. Other tales have the woman leaving the car when her date doesn't come back, only to see his mutilated body, yada, yeah. yada, yada, all that. So she starts to panic. She runs um, into the maniac and is also kill- killed. In another variation of the story, the woman is discovered by police. That's important. I'm pointing at the microphone like you can see me. You can't. Dawn can, though. Um, <laughs> and it was it was impressive. It was. It was very pointed because it was my pointy finger. Um, she's escorted safely and is warned not to look behind her. When she does so anyway, yeah. she sees the grisly aftermath of the man's Yeah, murder. yeah, yeah. That's mm. the version I heard. Okay. Okay. Um, so I'm not going to read the other one because it's still the, it's all the same thing. Raises both his arms to reel there, holding her date's severed he- head in one hand and the car keys in the other. And then you never find out what's what happened to the woman. So most of these, most people believe that these legends were created as moral warnings to young people to defer them from sexual experimentation. That's what I've always heard. Yeah. That's what they're about. Yeah. Now, if you're going to go back with me, come back to me to, with me to Season 1, Episode 7. And Deirdre did a story called The um, the Albino Farm, a.k.a. Spring Lawn Farm. Um, and I'll give you a little bit of a refresher on that. In April of 1934, the patriarch of the Sheely family passed away, leaving his wife and three daughters to run his 338-acre farm. The sheer amount of land required the women to hire a caretaker. And this is really where... Our story begins. Upon the hiring of the caretaker, who was said to be an albino, the tales of hauntings begin. Caitlin McConnell from Ozark Alive writes, Of course, the definition of haunted differs a bit depending on who's telling the story. Some people talk about dungeons filled with albinos or perhaps an albino cemetery. There's been tell of a colony of the light pigmented folks who lived on the farm. At times, it's been said a hospital was hidden there a crazed scientist performing experiments on albinos and prompting their ghosts to roam the grounds. Others simply mention the aforementioned caretaker, primed and ready to run off any trespassers, or perhaps, on a bad day, butcher a family with an axe or hatchet. Cue the story of the hatchet man's bridge. Phew. I know. I had had some history there. That's good, though. That's really good. It was good to revisit that. Yeah. So just down the road from the albino farm lies an old iron trestle bridge. The story goes that a couple driving across the bridge one evening has car trouble. The car dies and the boyfriend decides to go for help with a promise from the girl to stay in the car with the doors locked. She does as he says, but several minutes later she hears a scratching at the roof of the car, startling a scream from her. The next morning, the police pass and are able to persuade her to exit the car but tell her not to look up as her boyfriend is hanging from a limb over the car, his feet inches from the roof. So there are, of course, several versions of this story, just like there's several versions of the Hookman story. Um, Steve Yates is an author native to the Ozarks, and he is quoted, as, and I think this was in a Springfield newsletter. I've got it on, my, on the extras page. It'll be there. Um, it was in a Springfield News Leader um, article. He, the caretaker, threatened trespassers with a hatchet. That gets mingled with the hatchet man's bridge story, which predated the albino farm legend, Yates said. So he says that the 
caretaker and the hatchet man are two different people. Mm. But all the stories that I could find said it was the same person. But oh, okay. So, so Emily, she did not leave me a last name on her blog, but her blog is Flashback Summer gives us one final story or version of the Hatchet Man's Bridge. In the late 1970s, when someone sat, set fire to the old beautiful mansion, the fire department arrived to find the old stones toppled and crumpled on top of each other. The house, nothing but smoldering, smoking ruins. But there were no albino family members to be found and no remains in the ashes. Some say that the albino groundskeeper has hidden his family in the woods and used the house fire as an excuse for their disappearance. Hmm. It could have worked. It could have been assumed that the family died in the fire, except there were no remains. Some say the albino groundskeeper lives there still, lurking in the woods. Is it a coincidence that two townspeople that strayed into the area were found murdered on a bridge nearby? Perhaps the groundskeeper holds a vendetta still, silently gliding under the canopy of trees at night, axe in hand, looking for the townspeople that so cruelly terrorized his wife and children. Perhaps he sits at the ruins of the fireplace where he once had cozy, kind memories and vows to take vengeance for its renation. Perhaps he stands in the wild, overgrown fields next to the silos and yards, once green with lush, trim flora, and remembers the peaceful afternoons in the sun before they came, perhaps. So, let me ask you this. Okay. Oh, there's okay. a real bridge, and okay. we've got a picture of it, right? Okay. So, how close to the albino farm is it? Um, it's just down the road, is what it said. Now, it is no longer there. It has been um, replaced by a concrete, like, slab bridge. So, wasn't there a story we did where if you go on a bridge after midnight... Where was, was that? that? That was Willie Tilly Bridge. Or oh, in Arkansas. in Arkansas. Right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, all it's so interesting how all these ghost stories, they just get so mixed together and all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <coughs> well, that, Sorry. that's okay. So interesting. Obviously, there's a lot of embellishment between the versions. And some stories take liberty with the actual facts of the farm, which is three Spencer sisters and their mother hiring a most likely albino caretaker. Sorry. She hadn't had any of this story. I haven't because and I don't I've like had it. half. I like it. <clears throat> Anything that is different is to be feared. It all makes for a good scare. Okay. And that's the truth, isn't it? I mean, so you all probably know I'm a historian. That's what my day job is. And um, it is interesting when you look back at American history, especially in the early 20th century or the late 19th century and like plays and books and all of those things tend to be the villains or the scary people are people that fall into some sort of category that people feared like because they didn't know anything about them and they felt like they couldn't control them so i guess albinos would fall in that mm-hmm. category for sure yep. lots of ethnicities do and yeah i find that stuff really fascinating yeah good job thanks well Thank you all. Boy, I feel like we took you on a drunken journey. <laughs> sorry, sorry about that. Yeah. Maybe we won't try to do two drinks and two stories. And no. One I, yeah, that's probably not a great idea. But anyway, thank you for listening and uh, supporting us. And again, thank you being, for being patient for the couple months that we took a little bit of a break. Um, 
please, you know, leave us stars, subscribe, because we, that helps us. Um, and it helps you, too, because it brings us up in search engines and mm -hmm. stuff like that on Alexa and those kinds of things. We have a Patreon. We sure would love to have some members on our Patreon. Um, our social media is, right now, Instagram and Facebook, which you can find at Ozarks Haints in Hooch. Um, and then our website is ozarkshaintsandhooch.weebly.com. Uh, we release on the 1st and 15th. And I guess that's it. So thanks, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. So goodbye. Bye. And remember, if you liked it, tell all your friends. But if you didn't, keep, keep your, your big, big mouth, mouth shut. shut.